Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. Um, before I introduce our, our guest here today, um, just been thinking about, I'm sure you have as well, as we watch the news this week of everything going on uh, in the Ukraine and um, this war that has uh, taken off, that kind of saw that coming for sure. been thinking about it for quite a while for the, the weeks leading up to this and praying and um, just really, really hard. And just, I, I want to say a, a couple of things. One is, I, I don't remember a time in my life where there was more difficulties and crazy things going on in the world than this time. Over these last couple of years, especially, it's just a lot of a lot of difficult things. So much so that your soul can get pretty um, heavy and worn down and you feel the weight of all the needs and the sorrow and the pain and the suffering and the difficulties that people are going through and the nations are going through and all those things. And it can almost just push you down. And uh, it's so important. I've been, I, I go back to this. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago as well. But a scripture that I lean on, and I was doing this this morning as well, is Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29, where Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And when I think of heavy laden, I also think of this. I think of the, the worries and the heaviness that is going on in the world with people suffering. And Jesus said, I will give you rest if you'll come to me with that. And there's something about us because we're human and we love people, we're believers and we're following the Lord and we have a heart for other people and other nations that our heart grieves and our heart burns and our heart is heavy at times and we pray for people and we need to do that. At the same time, as we do that, we also can't live under that all the time. Does that make sense? We have to be able to come to the Lord and give things away. Even in our prayer, there's a moment where you, there is a release where we give to the Lord and we receive from him the rest for our souls that our souls need because our soul has to stay healthy. Our soul has to stay still fully alive and able to worship him and keep our eyes on him and still keep that joy that Susie was talking about today. We still have to maintain that joy because that's part of this kingdom that we're in, all right? It's righteousness, peace, and it's joy. So even in the midst of what we see and what we experience around us, maybe very near to us, but also distant. We, we pray, there's those seasons to pray and those moments, and maybe it's throughout the day to pray, but we also need our soul to be refreshed in him. And it says in the Psalms that the Lord restores our soul. Our soul needs to stay healthy. And when I feel so much burden and weight and the difficulties of everything going on around me, so much so that I feel a loss of hope in some ways, or I feel so burdened, then that's a moment that's an indicator to me that I need to go back to Jesus and give all those things to him. Because I can't carry it. I can't carry it all. There are moments to carry something and to pray it and to give it away but I can't stay there. So I encourage all of you to do that, particularly as we, as we move on into this life God has given to us. Uh, there are gonna be a lot of things that are gonna be really hard yet to come. Yet to come in our own nation and other nations. We're gonna, the, Jesus warned us of this. You read Matthew 24. There will be wars. There will be rumors of wars. 
There are going to be things like this happening all the time, earthquakes, famines. Not that we shouldn't do anything, but at the same time, just saying, don't be frightened by these things. Don't be frightened. Keep your eyes on him. Keep your soul connected to him and restored in him. Receive his peace. It's so important so that you stay fully alive, so that you stay fully connected to him. That is so key for us throughout this time. Because if we let those things weigh too long and too much on us, our own faith can become dismantled and squashed. And we can't afford that. Don't allow your faith to get smashed. Keep going back to Jesus. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's near to us. He's with us every day. He'll never leave us or forsake us. Even to the end of the age, every single day, Jesus is with us. So I find myself in hearing all of the problems that are going on, whether it's with uh, people here or outside of here, I feel all those things and I have to do this. So at the same time here, we have the, the nation of Ukraine that is going, going through something that is uh, very severe and difficult, a, a population of 44 million people that have been invaded. And um, Zina, where's Zina? There she is right there. Zina is Ukrainian. She's from the Ukraine, her family, she still has a lot of family there on the western side of the Ukraine. And uh, all the concern, you know, there are a lot of believers in the Ukraine. I don't know if you knew that. There are a lot of believers in the Ukraine, family members of ours in the faith, right? And so I want to just take a moment. Why don't, can we just pray together? And even those who are around Zena, maybe touch her. Let's just pray for that nation. Let's pray for the believers. Let's give this to the Lord. Let's ask for his help. And Lord, we do that right now. We want to say thank you for the beautiful Ukrainians that you died for, that you love, that you care for. Thank you for your help. And we ask, Lord, for your supernatural intervention on behalf of the Ukrainians in Jesus' name from north to south to the east to the west of that nation. Every area, every large city and every small town. Lord, I'm asking for your help and for your name and your glory to cover the earth and to cover that nation as the waters cover the seas. Lord, that your name would be made known, that you would do miraculous things to protect and to watch over, to help and to bring peace. We ask for your help, Lord, for this nation. We ask for your, your involvement and your presence and your peace and that you would be with those who are hurting, that you would be with those that need help, Lord, that you would, um, Lord, I pray there'd be a drawing of your spirit to so many hearts who have never responded to you before. I'm asking that this would be something that the, the enemy meant for evil, but you turn to great good. Turn to great good in these hearts and in their lives. And in this nation, may your name be lifted up. Pray for Zena, her family, all of her family members. Lord, watch over them, protect them, be with them. And Lord, let your truth resound. Break the power of lies. Break the power of lies and deception. And Lord, we ask for your help for each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And let's do something else too. As I just was talking about this, that you can practice this as well. Let's just come to the Lord and give him away. Give away anything that's heavy laden. If you have something that's heavy on your heart, Let's just go to him. This is something I think that is so essential for us to stay clean and pure and 
free on the inside. So let's just take one minute and just imagine yourself coming to Jesus and him standing right in front of you. He says, come to me. This is his invitation. It's 24-7, 365. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. So we come to you even right now, Lord, with family members and friends and situations and peoples and nations that feel so heavy. Lord, we're asking for your help for them, but we're also coming to you personally and we're giving these things to you and ask for your exchange of your peace for every bit of heaviness, for your joy, for the pain that we feel, for hope, for every bit of hopelessness that we might feel or that's come against our minds or our spirits. And we receive even now from you your peace. We make an exchange. We give you what we have and we receive what you have. Peace, joy, power, love, hope. And I say, thank you, Jesus. Lord, I ask you to restore our soul. We give you our soul as well. Restore our soul. In Jesus' name, amen. We can do that. It takes 30 seconds. You can do that throughout the day. You can do that in the middle of the night. You wake up worried, anxious. It's a cure for anxiety. Okay, I'm not supposed to be preaching today, so I'm going to stop. But these things are, are important as well. And if you have um, ways that you want to maybe pray for people in Ukraine as a touch point, you can talk to Zena. Uh, she'd be happy to, to give you even names of relatives to pray for or anything like that as well. So we have some special friends, guests with us today. I've known them for many, many years. Of course, I, I met Susie uh, right after she met the Lord or maybe in the process of you meeting the Lord. I'm not even sure. It was, yeah, back in 95, 96 or so. And she was, tell me, you were, I know you were singing with Reba. So she was a backup singer for all of these musicians, Reba McIntyre and the Judds and um, and then the Lord just got a hold of her heart and life. And it was so much fun for me to watch Susie change and watch Jesus just take over her life and uh, just a remarkable change in her life. And then, of course, when Cameron came to town, he came to, a, I remember you at least at a conference, you came and just watching God put them together. Um, he will probably tell more of his story, but Cameron is from Iran. Um, and the Lord saved him. I remember you, you were thinking you were reading a Bible in Cyprus in a hotel room and the Holy Spirit just started to communicate to his heart and, got, and he got saved and then brought them together. And it has been so much fun. They are really in love with Jesus. You know, when you're around some people, you feel like some people like Jesus. Well, these people really love Jesus. There's just this, they are just full of the love for Jesus and then his love on the inside of them coming out. They have a ministry where they minister really throughout the Middle East through satellite, which is what we do as well. In fact, they're the ones who told me about this, which is why we're involved with it as well. But they have impacted, are impacting millions of people. It's so much fun. I remember them telling me about the story. I don't know if you were in Germany or whatever for a conference. And all these people came running up to them because they knew them because they've been watching them on TV. And they had no idea. And so it's been really fun to see the impact. But I wanted Cameron to come up. He's, he's a man of love. He's a man of the spirit. And I wanted him to share some today for you, what God has put on his heart. So let's welcome Cameron. Good morning. Uh, Pastor Matt asked me, he said, do you want a stool? I said, really, if I do not get this stool, I really don't feel anointing. I promise you. 
I promise, if I stand up here, it's like I become another person. If I sit on the stool, I don't know why. I think maybe that's the way of the Lord showing me. It's not you, it's me. But he's using this. It's awesome. Uh, so good to be here. Matt said, let's see what the Lord put anything in my heart for you guys. When I was walking up there, I said, Lord, you better tell me because he didn't tell me yet. <laughs> and then Matt said, Cameron loves Jesus. I don't love Jesus. I'm in love with Jesus. And I'm from a Muslim background, you know. And if people, they told me that Jesus is the son of God, that would be blasphemy. But now my heart is literally married to him. You know, I'm like in love with Jesus. Sometimes my heart really wants to explode. That's how much I am in love with him. But that, it's amazing, but that doesn't really make my life easy. I thought that if you really love him, it just makes your life so easy. It doesn't. And one time I was complaining to the Lord. I said, look at my life. It's so hard. Look at the life of those people. It's really good. But my life is hard. He said, look at my life. I said, oh, you're right. <laughs> I said, if I read the Bible, as much as you shared with us in the Bible, there is a lot of things he hasn't shared. One of the things that the Lord doesn't do in the Bible, he doesn't brag about himself. If he wanted to, man. But he doesn't brag about himself, right? That's one of the things I learned. He sh does share his heart in the Bible, but you really have to look for his heart. We, most of us, we know the word of God, but the heart of God, it's hidden in the Bible. In that moment, I said, wow. If I look at your life, in the very beginning, one-third of your angel, hi, Stephen, and... Roach family, I love you guys. Um, it's like when you see a friend, it's like, maybe that's why the eyes of the Lord just really looks throughout the world. He loves everybody, but he sees one like, oh, is that something? I love you guys, but I saw a friend. I'm like, oh, my eyes <laughs> stopped. There's a connection, isn't it, between, you know, the Lord loves everybody, right? But it, it says his eyes goes around. And when he sees a friend, not the perfect person, David was far from being perfect, right? It's like, oh, David, hi, David. But there's a lot of people. David knew his heart, right? I love to get to know his heart. That day when he said, how about my life? I said, wow, when I look at the Bible as much as you allowed me to see, you really had a tough life. From the very beginning, one third of the angel left, and then Adam and Eve, then the flood, then everything, and then God coming. Being born in this planet, couldn't even find a hotel in a manger around donkeys. And I'm sure the angels, they are like, are you really sure? You know, we could get you accommodation. We still know some Jewish people, they would allow you to stay. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm okay, I'm okay. I don't know if angels worry, but it's like, are you sure? You want to go through a body of a human being? He's like, yeah. You talk about tough time, right? He came here. A lot of people didn't recognize him. A lot of people beat him later on. Then nailed on the cross. I say that to say, I think now I'm anoint I got enough anointing. I can stand up. <laughs> you know, you go and charge your iPhone. And then you're like, okay, I have charge for 
That wasn't a good picture. Um, joy is good. I'm very serious. Susie, has, she's full of joy. Speaking of tough time, you know, Pastor Matt was saying, our heart really grieves when we go through tough time, you know, because your heart, your human, your human being, we, we are full of passion and compassion and for, you know, uh, Ukraine. And I grew up during the war. You know, we, we used to go stand up for five years to just get bread for years and years. You know, I was 12 years old when the Islamic regime took over and then we had war. One million people in our part died, one million people in Iraq died. But, um, you know, tough time, uh, when we go through tough time, we need to realize the Lord went through a lot of tough time. And we are not alone. The Lord really understands tough time. We think, one time, actually the, that day I told him, I said, if you give me all of your Holy Spirit and anoint me more, I would not make stupid decisions and I would have, you know, make better decisions and I will have anointing, I could do this and people will fall, you know, our ministry will get, you know, higher and, you know, and I'm serving you and I'm full of Holy Spirit and... All the decision I make, it's so awesome, I am so holy, then my life would be easier. You know what he said? He said, I am Holy Spirit, I have the, all of the Holy Spirit. Is my life easy? I said, okay, I zip it again. <laughs> it's amazing when you start to have conversation with his heart, he will start to share back with you. His heart. To me, Matt, Pastor Matt said, we need to sit here and just preach together, Matt. He's amazing. You guys are so blessed to have him as your friend. He's not just a pastor. He's your friend. So good. To me, you know, we all have life. You come to church, you, you, you look at us, maybe you look at the shoes, you look at this, or look at our hair. My hair, most of it is falling. But you, you think, you know, like... These people's life is perfect. They act perfect. Their life is perfect. Oh, I, I'm the only one with pain. That's not really true, is it? Is your life perfect? Anybody do we have here that their life is perfect? Please come and talk to me afterwards. <laughs> because the life of the Lord is not perfect. You know? It's not really perfect. But anytime Matt said, you go to him... He said, come to me. You go to him. Every time that I go to the Lord with a heavy heart and my soul is aching, when he starts to share his heart, then I have so much peace. I'm like, okay. I was 12 years old when uh, Islamic regime happened in Iran. And I was a really, I started to be a very strict Muslim. You know, I wanted to be a friend of God. And for years and years, I wanted just to go to war and die. I didn't want to kill anybody. I wanted to go to die and just to go see God. I thought that's the only way, you know. And then, you know, after many years, people really understood what the Islamic regime was doing. And it was a mess. I am 50, about 55 years old now. When I was 12 years old, Islamic regime took over. But if you are from America, if you are from the West, when you look back, you said that was a huge mess. Islamic regime took over for 40 years. One million people died in war. This is 40 years ago. I remember. However, there is a big however here. 
40 years ago, before Islamic regime came in Iran, you could become a Christian because we had Shah of Iran, we had king. He had nothing against Christianity. We had missionary in Iran. My dad said they called them missionary, you know? But nobody wanted Jesus. They were content, they were good. They were just good Muslim, good people. Islamic regime came because of what they did. Now, from 100,000 Christians 40 years ago, now we have about 7 million Christians. That was, I don't want to say that was the fruit of the war, but the Lord used it to save, save millions and millions and millions of people. The Lord is always working. And I'm sure when they were beating the heck out of Jesus Christ and drag him and give him his own cross, it was bloody, and then take him, nail him in the cross, the disciple, they thought we lost. We thought this was our God, Messiah. They killed my God. They did. But look what happened, right? If you're truly a believer and the follower of Jesus Christ, which we are, we know that no matter what happened, the Lord is going to get amazing fruit out of it. When the tough time comes, I'm being honest with you. When the tough time comes, I go more often to Jesus. I visit him more. And when I visit him more, I will be transformed more. Right? In the tough time, we don't only look for more toilet paper because in the tough time, there is a shortage of toilet paper. We also look for God also. We look for God and toilet paper. Go figure that out. Right? They're like, oh, war. In Iran, it wasn't just toilet paper. It was bread. It was everything. We grew up having really almost nothing. You have to go stand on the line with these paper that they give it to you for years and years and years, how I grew up. But here, when you hear all these tough times happening, all of a sudden, we really do look for other things, toilet paper, but we really start to look for God. And my soul needs God. But we don't have the magic formula. Can God do it in an easier way, Lord? He didn't do it in an easy way on the cross. If it was easier way, I'm sure, I'm actually, I'm not sure because I'm not him, but he would done it, you know, but he went to the cross. Anyway, all that to say, to encourage us that when the tough time comes, the Lord is really working. But that should not stop us from praying, you know. We, of course, we pray for our brothers and sisters. In Iran, most of my family, they are in Iran. They can't afford to buy meat. You know, they almost never could in the last 40 years. It's really hard. But anyway, let's put that aside. And, okay. Going to quickly share maybe five or ten minutes. Then Susie is going to show you something. And I hope this is encouraging, you know, or it was encouraging to you that to, if I could just go back and make some points that when the tough time comes, we will really get closer to God. In our tough time, our heart is really more open. Our, our soul is more, more open to really his, his, uh, to hear his heart. Sometimes I go before him, but I'm not open enough to hear what he's telling me. You know, you can invite somebody to your house, but if I do not open the door, how can they get in? Sometimes the tough times opens the door of our heart, opens the door of our souls. The tough time happens in Iran for 40 years. 
Seven million came in in four, 40 years. Tough time is happening in Kiev. I went to Kiev twice. And we pray that the Lord would bring so many people into his heart, you know, that him, he would enter to the heart, heart of so many people. I grew up in Iran. I was 12 years old when revolution happened. I really wanted to become a friend of God. And I started to practice Islam. But after many years of practice, I didn't get anywhere. And when I was 30 years old in 1996, the year that Susie went to Morningstar, I came to US as a Muslim. And I was 12 years old when I followed God, Allah. I was 30 years old when I came to United States. But I couldn't come here unless I went to Cyprus to apply for my visa to come here. When I went to Cyprus, I was running from religion and I found the Bible. And when I opened, when I opened the Bible, when I got to the word Jesus Christ, it was a small Bible. And thank you, God, it was only New Testament because I couldn't understand Old Testament those days. <laughs> and the word, anytime I got to the word Jesus Christ, the word literally came out of the book and would fly in front of me and go to the ceiling. And then I saw Jesus. He did not tell me he was the son of God. He said, I will help you to go to United States. And he did. The next day I got my visa. But still I didn't believe he was the son of God because as a Muslim, you don't believe the prophet is the son of God. He allowed me to take my time. He's, he's amazing. I wasn't open enough. Three years later in America, my heart was open. I had three more encounters with Jesus Christ. And it was January 21st, 2000. When he really, like atomic bomb, he really touched my heart. When I was really low, you know, my soul was grieved. I was 33 years old. I, I, I waited for God since I was 12 years old, and I'm 33 years old. And I say, it's late. Just, let's just go to United States and start your life new. Inside, I was a really shattered and a broken person. All of my dream was shattered. Everything. And growing up during the war since you're 12 year old, maybe you saw a 33 year old man, but I was inside, perhaps I was 330 years old. Really, I mean it. I'm being honest with you. And boom, Jesus saw me and I said, now. You know, when he said now, it's amazing what happens. Really, when he says now, Ukraine, you know, Iran, whenever, America, pandemic, when he said now, there is a silence, like boom, you know. Father allowed, they, for, for a lot of people, dragged Jesus, spit on his face, nailed him to the cross, and Jesus, it, it was finished. And when he was resurrected, boom, now. You know, sometimes you have to wait 33 years for the Lord to say now. It's not because he doesn't have a watch or his calendar is not synced. You know, we have iCal, he's the original I am. His calendar is really synced. But it's like for some reason he waits and waits and waits and waits. Then he said, now. When he says now, man, it's so amazing. But sometimes you have to wait 33 years for him to say now, the word now. You know, let there be light. No amount of darkness could stop when he said, let there be light. And I really feel the word now is so important for us. 
when he says now, not when I say now, or when United Nations says now, or another country says now, when the Lord stands up and he says, now. And I had to learn, I had to get to that place. And when he came, January 21st, 2000, when he touched me, I, I went on the ground and I got up as a lover of Jesus, not the believer of Jesus Christ. I was dripping with divine romance. I couldn't believe it. It's like, oh my God, what is this? Really, my hand was filled with fire. Just to encourage you that let us not to push the Lord and just say, Lord, can you please say now, now? <laughs> you know, can, can, can you please? Lord Jesus, you're going toward the cross. You're gonna, they're going to crucify you. Please don't go to the cross. You know, and please don't do that. It's like, hey, can, can you please, like, like us and children, always they push you. Now, I want this, now, now. And, and the Lord, we always think God is sits here, Satan is here. They're just arm wrestling. You know, sometimes Satan is, you know, God is saying, hey, I need some help here, angels. He's, Satan is not even a speck of dust in front of him. But the Lord's way, it's so different. He allowed that dude to run around. But when the Lord says, now, really, it just brings awe and the fear in a joyful way to us. That the fear cannot traumatize us anymore. Because we know when the Father says, now. Right? How long the Old Testament people waited for Messiah? How many of them, they even missed Messiah? But for some reason, the Lord saw this ex-Muslim at 33 years old. I wasn't searching for Messiah. He says, now. And I just speak that now over you that would give you peace. But now would be his time. He came. He didn't send prophet. He told Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. And Abraham tried. It's okay. You know, we try. But then the Lord came and said, next year at this time. And when the time was there, the Lord said, now. It's just that beautiful now, you know. We, let, let's just say, Father God, we release you to say now whenever you like to say now. We release you. We bless you. We trust you now whenever it comes. Even if my generation, I don't see it. Moses didn't go to promised land. But you know what? I always saw it. When he, went to prom when he died and saw the Lord, with his new body, he went to promised land. With the Lord, he went to promised land. Then there is no late now anymore. Now is always now. But we could trust him. Trust when he says now, which would be so beautiful. None of us could even imagine like, wow, you turned 40 years of Islamic regime and you took 7 million people and growing now? And with the same thing with Ukraine? Anyway, that felt really good. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.